Welcome to the Confidence Lounge podcast, where we cover all things confidence in life and business. I'm your host, Elise Conroy, and I'm on a passionate mission to help thousands of women across the world feel more confident from the inside out, because not on my watch am I ever going to watch another woman do insecure life and business again. So if you're ready to become your most confident self, mama, or businesswoman, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. So grab your favorite beverage, get nice and comfy, and get ready to receive today's confidence injection. How many times have you set out to do something amazing? You get going, you're like, yes, I'm doing the thing. And then all of a sudden, things start to fizzle out. You start to slow down. You get a little discouraged. And next thing you know, you're sitting on the couch eating all the French fries, watching Netflix. Okay, if this is you, we're going to talk a little bit today about why specifically we quit on our goals and resolutions. Because I see so many of us set out with the best intentions to do something different But there's things that happen along the way, and we're going to go into exactly what those things are, super specific today, about what it is that keeps you in the pattern of quitting. Because when we get into the mindset of setting out to do something new, all of us start off with the best intentions. We want to make change, but then curveballs come, life happens, and we don't know how to manage those curveballs. We don't know how to manage those moments in life that take us out of the pattern of taking action. So I know how painful it is living in the pattern of giving up on yourself, that can be so horrible, right? Because you're like, I just wanted to do it. Why can't I ever follow through? And then we shame ourselves and then we self-sabotage, we spin out and we end up doing the opposite of what we actually set out to do. So I don't want you to have to live with the pain that comes along with quitting on you. So today we're going to dive into what goals are and resolutions. We're going to talk about the specific parts of your goal that you need to focus on in all areas. So that way you know exactly what you have to do to follow through and achieve your goal. Then we're going to talk about the 10 reasons as to why we quit on our goals and resolutions. And if you're anything like me, I used to quit a lot. (laughs) Anytime things got tough, I was like, all right, turn it into a track star. I am out of here, right? So I'm going to show you what those 10 things are that keep you in the pattern of quitting. And then we're going to talk about the secure mindset that you need to be in to follow through with your goals and resolutions once and for all. Okay. So let's dive in. So for so many of us, we have these ideas of what we want to do, right? But I want to bring this back down to earth and actually get super specific and define what a goal and a resolution is via the dictionary, right? Because I think so many of us are like, oh, I'm going to do all the things. And we don't actually know what the true definition is of these two things. So a goal is nothing more than a desired result. So it's what you want to do, right? And resolution is a firm decision to do or not do something. So when we make a resolution to lose the weight, to get a promotion, to make more money, to end the relationship, whatever it is, we're essentially setting out on a decision, making a decision to set out to do something. So goals and resolutions are a little bit different because the resolution is the decision. The goal is the result where you want to be right? So I think sometimes there's some confusion here. So I want to actually get really specific and we're going to focus on goals first. Because once again, a resolution is nothing more than a firm decision. You're saying, I'm going to do this. But the goal is actually the more important part where I want to focus because a goal is essentially the why. It's the roadmap of where you want to go. So I want to get really, really dialed in for you to talk about all the specific fundamentals of what a goal entails. Because if any of these parts are missed, 
then we're not going to get where we want to go or it's going to be more painful as we go along our journey to get there. And this is something I used to do every single year with my corporate teams while I was working in my corporate career. And when I set out in 2019 to launch my business, this was actually the first workshop that I hosted just because I believe so much in the power of creating your goals, setting your vision, creating clarity. Because once you do that, you're taking aligned action. You know where you want to go. You know why you want to get there. You know how long it's going to take to get there, right? Or at least some idea of what your timeline entails. And then once you actually have that clarity and have that defined vision, it makes it so much easier to get where you want to be. So this was always a practice that I did with my teams. This is also, as I said, a workshop that I host every single year. I actually just hosted it and it was so beautiful. I'm, I'm going to share with you some of the goals of women set after I talk about what our goals are, just because I want to help to offer you the specifics and then give you some ideas of some beautiful goals you can set for yourself too. Okay, so let's talk about the eight parts of your goal. And the goal here is not to overwhelm you with, oh God, I have to do all these things. It's just really to show you the specific markers that you need to hit to actually achieve your goal. So the first is really setting down and defining your goal, right? So the overall umbrella of the umbrella idea of the goal setting is the result you want to create. So your goal is I want to lose X amount of pounds. I want to work in this job. I want to stop eating X, Y, and Z, whatever it might be, right? So the first part is, is just defining the specific result that you want to create. The next part, and this is the most important part of your goal is the why. Why do you want to create that result? Why do you want to do that thing? Because the why is always going to take you back to your truth that's going to help you stay committed to the result that you want to create. So why did you decide to do this? Because the thing is, if you have an unclear why, this is going to be a surefire way to ensure that you do not achieve your goal. So when we start getting into the place of not understanding the why, then we're going to start taking really confused action and we're going to dive into why that's so detrimental in just a little bit. The next part of your goal is the timing. So when I want to create the result by. The next part is the action step. So what steps are you actually going to take to create the result? The next one is the possible obstacles. So these are all the potential barriers that are going to stand in your way of creating the results. So if you think of, I want to drive to a certain de- destination. Okay, well, you might hit traffic. There might be construction. There might be, you know, all these things that can delay you along the way. So we've got to get those obstacles out in the forefront so that way you know what you're up against. The next part of a goal is the support that you need. So what tools and support do you need to actually create the results? The next step, and this is critical, is how do you want to feel as you create the result? So many of us just set out on these missions to do certain things, but we don't actually think about how we want to feel along the way. And then as we're doing the thing to get to where we want to go, we feel terrible. And then we stop taking action because we don't like the way that we feel. So you want to make sure that the feeling that you want to feel is aligned with where you want to go. That's super, super key. And that's how you design your life by intention. And my favorite part of the structure of a goal is how are you going to celebrate once you create the result? And this is critical because when we set out to do anything, no matter how big, no matter how small, you want to celebrate the micro steps that you take every single day because what this is going to do is it's going to engage the reward center in our brain. Your brain is going to think, ooh, okay, when I get to that place, I get a cookie. And then it's going to be so much more likely to follow through. And you've seen all of those, like think back to when we were in elementary school and we would see these science experiments where the mouse would go through the maze and there'd be the cheese at the end, right? Right. 
they were so much more inclined to follow through when they knew the cheese was there. So they were like, yes, let's go. I've got to go find the cheese, right? The same exact thing happens with ourselves. So even if you have a goal to, let's say, drink more water every single day, okay, how are you going to reward yourself when you actually drink the eight glasses of water? Because then your brain's going to be like, ooh, I get a thing once I do the thing. And you're going to be so much more likely to follow through. So that is the structure of a goal. So the definition of what you want to do, the why, the timing, your action steps to get there, your possible obstacles that will spin you out, the support you need, how you want to feel along the way, and how you're going to celebrate once you get there. So I love to look at this ahead of time because once we've thought through every single aspect of this, and this is what I led the women through in my workshop, then now we've got a clear roadmap. Now we've got a secure foundation to start building upon. Because when you set out on your goal, it's going to be a little shaky, right? Because you're new, you're a beginner. We've got to make space for that in the beginning. So the more that you can think through these steps, the better you're going to be at setting yourself up for success here. So a couple goals that my women set that were in my workshop this weekend, and I loved these goals because they were super specific, right? They had these grand visions in mind. They had even little micro goals that they were setting because they knew that they needed to do little things to follow through to get where they wanted to go. So I wanted to offer you some of these things just to see because you might have these things on your agenda too. And we're going to talk through some specific examples of how we're going to help these women get to this place later when we talk about the reasons why we quit. So some of the goals that they had set were losing the baby weight. I had a lot of women in my life. I had 19 women that were pregnant around me at the same time I was pregnant. So a lot of women are at the point of getting back to where they feel comfortable in their own skin, regaining their strength, right? So a big goal for a lot of the women in the workshop was to lose that baby weight. Next was launching their business. Stop working so hard and overworking to prove themselves, to quit drinking, to learn how to believe in herself, to take better care of herself to stop being a perfectionist and a people pleaser, to focus on creating work-life balance, to create the time to be a more present and focused parent. I love that. How many of us are so exhausted going through the motions of the day that we get home and it's like, oh God, now I have to parent, right? It's a lot. Life is a lot. To listen to one podcast per day, to learn how to be myself so she doesn't have to start or start continue showing up as somebody else, to learn how to celebrate herself, and to stop overspending time and money. So I love these goals because truly all of these things are the foundation that are going to help you be your best you, your most confident you, to help you live the life that you truly wanna live every day. So what I wanna do next is dive into the 10 reasons as to why you're gonna quit on all of these beautiful goals that you just set for yourself. And I want you to think about as I go through this, what are the reasons why you're quitting from this list? Are your reasons on here? Do you have awareness on this yet, right? And notice the things that you're doing every single day that lead you to your quits. Because I have a hunch it's one of these 10 things. Okay, reason number one why you quit is when you set your goal, you are not clear. So you might have a goal to, let's say, be a better mom, be a better wife, be better at work. But how specifically? We've got to get laser focused here because it's a beautiful intention to be a better whatever it is that you want to be, right? You want to be better for everybody else. But how? 
how are you going to be better? Because the thing is, if you are unclear on how specifically you want to be better, what you're going to do is you're going to be living in a perpetual state of confusion. So you're going to be asking yourself things like, where do I start being better? Where should I start first? What do I need to do next, right? And the thing is, you're going to be so confused and a confused mind never actually makes a decision. Confusion is going to stall your action. And when you're living in that perpetual confusion loop, your brain is going to be 100% clogged and fogged. You're never going to know. And when we think, I don't know, that's going to invite so much doubt. That's going to invite insecurity. That's going to invite fear. So we want to set out leading with certainty. So certainty is always going to disempower confusion, right? So if you ask yourself, how do I want to be a better mom? Okay, well, I like my client had set out, I want to be present, That goal is such a beautiful goal because now you know, okay, well, what are all the things that take me out of presence? I'm constantly looking on Instagram. I feel like I have a million things on my to-do list. I'm still preoccupied with all the things from work. My husband was talking and now I was not paying attention to the kid, whatever it might be, right? Now you can get specific about what are all the things that are taking me away from being present. So now I know what my opportunities are to shift back into presence. Okay, I'm gonna put the phone down for an hour a day and that is dedicated time with my kids. When, if you think about how you want to be better at work, okay, I drive to work every single day and I'm frustrated from my commute. I've sat in traffic for so long and then I walk in the door and I'm frustrated. So maybe, and a way to disempower that is you say, okay, team, I just got here. I need 10 minutes to just gather myself. (laughs) So that way I can be the best that I can be for you. So I'm not, you know, frustrated when we sit, when we set out into our first meeting, right? Like these are the little things where we've got to get super specific. So why do you want to do what you want to do? If you're not clear, we're already setting ourselves up for failure here, right? Because you're going to be in that place of starting to take action, but you're never going to really know where you're going. You're always going to be chasing that moving target. So I love to say, So if you had a goal to, let's say, stop overspending time and money like my client did, okay, how much time do you want to stop overspending? Is it an hour a week? Is it two hours a week? How much money are you overspending? Do you know how much your life costs every single month? Okay, so let's say your life costs $5,000 a month to live and you're overspending by seven. You're spending $7,000. So you need to stop overspending by $2,000 a month to achieve your goal. Do you see how I'm bringing in the specifics here? So that way you actually know where, what you need to do to get where you need to go. Okay, so that's reason number one, is not being clear. Reason number two is we are feeling overwhelmed. And why we get to the place of overwhelm is we either set a goal that is too big or we take on too much too fast. So where I see this really bite us in the butt is we take on too many changes at once. And when so many things are changing at once, we start to feel like, oh my God, I can't catch my breath. This is too much, too much, too much, right? And the second we start to feel like it's too much, we end up quitting. So One area I see this happen a lot is specifically with weight loss, right? People think, oh, I'm going to lose 30 pounds in a month, so I'm going to sign up for this super insane boot camp, even though I haven't gotten off the couch in three years, and I'm going to work hardcore like crazy, and then I'm going to stop eating all dessert, I'm going to cut out sugar, I'm going to cut out white bread, I'm going to um, no longer go to any restaurants that I enjoy, and I'm only going to eat boiled chicken and broccoli, right? So now all of a sudden you feel like, oh God, I'm being punished. And now you're being pushed to do so much that you weren't ready to do. And all of a sudden you're like, I can't do this. And I know I have lived in that yo-yo diet, you know, push myself too hard to every crazy workout class and, you know, workout fad. 
And I would try to lose the weight that way. But then what I would end up doing is I would feel so uncomfortable. I would end up eating my feelings. And anytime, let's say I did lose the weight, I just gained it all back plus some because I didn't feel good as I did it. So when we set goals that are so big and we want to go so fast with things, we've got to slow it down. And what I encourage you to look at are micro goals, right? So what is one thing that you can do at this point? So let's say you do want to lose weight. So we know you can't go from couch to all of a sudden 30 pounds in a day. So let's say maybe you want to start off at just looking at, okay, well, how can I lose one pound at a time? And you take these bite-sized actions. That is going to help you get to where you want to go so much faster. So I know when I set out on my whole journey to lose weight, I lost 55 pounds. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that more in just a second with another specific example. But I thought about, I don't want to do hour long workouts anymore. I don't enjoy that, right? Like sometimes I'll go to a workout class for an hour and it feels good. But for the most part, I don't want to spend an hour working out. So when I set out, I did one minute a day. I said, okay, can I do one minute? And then when I actually accomplished one minute, I was already in the zone. I'm like, okay, well, I can do two. And next thing you know, I found myself at 10. So this was a process I started back in 2018. And I just started getting to the point where I'm like, I can commit to 10 minutes of movement every single day. It doesn't matter what it is, but I'm going to do 10 minutes a day. And I've stuck with that ever since 2018. But do you see how 10 minutes is so different than forcing myself to do an hour? Because when I would think of forcing myself to doing anything, I'd rebel. And I'm like, okay, I'm overwhelmed. I'm out, right? Like, where's the wine? <laughs> Where I got to drink my feelings away. I got to eat my feelings away. Or hold on, let me go online shop really quick because this feels terrible, right? So we've got to disempower the overwhelm by taking things at a slower pace and doing things in a bite-sized manner. All right, number three, the reason why we quit our goals is you pressure yourself. So it's like, I have to do this. I need to do this, right? And taking action from that place of having to do anything or needing to do something, it's always going to put pounds and pounds and pounds of pressure onto you. And when we're taking from that action, from that place of pressure, it doesn't feel good. And you're going to always convince yourself, this isn't working. I'm pressuring myself to do this thing and it's not working, right? And when you're blinded by all of the things that aren't working, you're not going to be able to see what actually is working. So when we pressure ourselves to do things, at some point we're going to explode. And I think of this as like a pressure cooker. Like think of your Instant Pot, right? You're cooking a meal in there. And at some point, if you don't release that pressure, it's either going to need to fizzle out on its own or it's going to explode. The lid's going to fly off and fly through your ceiling, right? We don't ever want to take action from a place of pressure. So notice if you have the words have to and need to running through your brain. I need to do this. I have to do this, right? What do you actually want to do? I want you to take action from the place of wanting to do something because you're going to get a totally different result than needing to and having to, right? It's going to feel totally different in your body when you wake up in the morning and say, I want to do this. I want to go to the gym this morning. I want to start my day with giving myself the gift of health versus I have to go to the gym today. This is all the difference between taking goal or taking action from a place of feeling like you're being punished versus feeling like you're giving yourself a gift. I want every action you take, every goal that you set out to achieve, to feel like you are giving yourself the million dollar gift, the gift of health, the gift of wealth, the gift of happiness versus I have to do this. And now all of a sudden you're feeling so pressured. That doesn't feel fun, right? Wanting to do something is fun. I want your goals to feel fun. Reason number four, and this one is huge. 
is this is the number one reason why we quit is you have a low tolerance for discomfort. So this is why we quit on ourselves. So typically, anytime we set out to do anything, it's going to be harder before it gets easier. Think of when you were a little kid and if you set out to ride a bike, right? When you learned how to talk and when you learned how to walk, you fell down so many times when you were learning how to walk. But did you keep going? Yes. When you learned how to talk, you had to go goo ga before you learned how to say actual words. When we set out on learning how to do anything, setting out on doing something new, we are a beginner. But we don't make space for this. So what happens is all of a sudden you're like, this is hard and you expect everything to be easy. So when it feels like things are hard, now all of a sudden it feels like it's a problem. It feels like everything is going wrong. But the thing is, just because it's hard does not mean it's a problem. So your biggest growth opportunity is to change your relationship with hard. You have to invest in learning how to get through the mental resistance that comes along with doing new and hard things. And I think that for me in particular, this was one of the biggest growth opportunities of my life because I've always quit on myself. The second things got hard, I was like, oh God, jump ship, I'm out, right? Like, because I just wanted everything to be easy. We are taught in society. Growing up, we are conditioned to believe that everything is supposed to be easy, right? We're sold this illusion that, oh, take this pill. Things will feel easier. Put this, wear this. You'll feel better, right? All the things. Like, it shouldn't be hard. But whenever we set out to do something new and we don't know how to do it, there's going to be a learning curve. There's going to be resistance. There's going to be friction. And you're going to fall down. And that's okay. You're going to get it wrong. And that's okay. You've got to get it wrong to learn how to get it right. So when I think of my weight loss journey, weight loss has been (laughs) the vein of my existence for so much of my life, right? Like I grew up in a culture that taught me how to hate myself. I am a curvy woman. I grew up seeing skinny blondes with big boobs. That is not the body that I have. I am a Kim K pair, right? Like all booty. And so growing up, I was always thinking that I needed to lose the weight, right? I was so focused on the number on the scale. And in doing that, I really had become an emotional eater who ate my feelings. I had gained 55 pounds because I didn't know how to deal with the stress and anxiety that life had presented me. I didn't know how to deal with all the stress and the pressure that my corporate career had offered me. And so I would eat. And when I set out on my weight loss journey... I really loved the idea of hiking because hiking was something that I'd never really done before, but I live in LA, you know, we have so many beautiful trails that we can hike. And I love the idea of being outside in nature. And there was also a part of me that really loved the idea of climbing to the top of the mountain. There was something that came along with that that made me feel so victorious. So in the beginning, when I started going on hikes, I was so out of shape and I would huff and I would puff. And every single time I would lose my breath, I literally felt like I was dying. And I would tell myself, I'm like, something's going wrong. Like I shouldn't be this out of breath. This shouldn't be so hard. I should be able to do this so much faster. And I would go with people that were more advanced than me and they're having no issue. They're not huffing and puffing. They're not red faced. They're not like taking breaks every five seconds. So I would compare myself to them at my beginner phase, and then I would just shame myself and judge myself so hard. And then I would start convincing myself like, oh, this isn't for me. Like they're built to do this. I, you know, I'm obviously so out of shape. I should have never even tried. And then I would convince myself that this was too much. And then I would end up quitting. 
And this was also something that I would do in weight loss classes, right? So if I would go to a class at the gym and let's say it was a dance class, I'd see everybody else who goes to this class every week. They knew all the steps and here I am in the back going left when they're saying to go right. And then people are bumping into me and I'm like, oh my God. And there were literally times where I would walk out of the class and I would cry and I would go have a panic attack in my car because I was so embarrassed. I was so ashamed that I had let my, let my body get so out of control that I had deprioritized my health for so long. So I would just totally beat myself up and demoralize myself. So I was really mean to myself when I set out on this journey, but I had such a low tolerance for discomfort that the second anytime it was hard, that when that would come up, I'm like, I got to get out of here, right? So I didn't, I really wasn't compassionate with myself. I really lacked a lot of compassion for the me that was a beginner. So I would essentially quit ahead of time because these thoughts that I was feeling thinking and feeling were so painful that those would be the things that would keep me from actually getting to the top of the mountain, from getting to the end of the workout class. Because all of these thoughts were riddled with so much shame and so much judgment that I would quit every single time that it would get hard. So I really believed that things should be easy. So it's interesting because I overcame that portion of my resistance, the hard, right? Quitting the second it got hard by doing the thing by getting to the top of the mountain, by finishing the class, by following through, even when every single thing and every ounce of my being wanted to quit, I'd take one more step. And I would say, okay, I can do this for one more second. And those micro steps and those micro seconds would start to compound. And next thing you know, I would finish. And that confidence that came along with finishing was so valuable. Because the thing is, we think that we're going to get confidence ahead of time, right? No, we get the confidence by actually doing the thing, by overcoming the resistance, by getting to the top of the mountain and looking how far we come and how much we had to push through to get to the top. That's where the confidence comes from. But yet we don't do the thing because we don't feel confident when we get started. It's the opposite. And this is our biggest growth opportunity is to see that We've got to change our relationship to get to to hard, right? We've got to change our relationship to being a beginner and being okay with things being hard and not expecting everything to be so easy. So as a lot of you know, I just had a baby and this week I got back on the trail and it was my first time in over a year that I've hiked. And before I got pregnant, I was hiking every single week. This was a huge part of my weight loss of losing 55 pounds. I absolutely ended up falling in love with hiking. I felt so grounded, so zen when I was outside. I felt so present when I was just outside in nature. So I hiked all the time. And when I got pregnant, I was super sick. I did not have the strength to do it. I just, every ounce of my being just wanted to lay down on the couch and I honored that. So I went on a hike for the first time this week and this version of me now is so different to 2018 me. The version of me that used to shame myself and judge myself and beat myself up at the highest level. The version of me now is I've changed my relationship to hard in such a beautiful way that I am my biggest cheerleader and I'm so compassionate with myself and I'm so nice to myself and empowering to myself versus demoralizing. So when I was on my hike, we hiked five miles and going from zero miles in a year to five miles was really effing hard. And every ounce of my being wanted to quit. I was huffing, I was puffing, I was red faced. And every single time I was tempted to quit and that inner mean girl was like, oh God, you should be doing better than this. My inner cheerleader got louder. 
and I fought for myself to make it to the top. So I was thinking things like, you know what, I can do this because I'm going to take it one step at a time. There's no rush. I can take as many breaks as I need to. This isn't a race. I'm not in competition with anybody else. This is so hard, but I'm up for the challenge. And I know when I get to the top, I'm going to feel so good. And it was so funny because my husband, he had expected to turn around halfway through. So he had looked at me and he's like, all right, cool. And I'm like, oh no, we're still going. And I'm literally wearing my gut in the baby Bjorn. And I'm like, we're still going, we're going to do this. And he was so confused. He's like, hold on. I didn't realize we were going all the way to the end of the trail. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm making it to the top. And I was so committed to taking as long as I needed to, to get there. I wasn't in a rush, right? I wasn't pressuring myself. I was just looking forward to the completion. And once we got to the top, we took a beautiful 30 minute break. I just sat there looking at how beautiful it was being in nature. I had a breastfeeding session with Micah. We, we had a little snack and I rested and I was so proud of myself. Like I made it and I relished in the fact that I had made it. And all I could think about is how am I going to reward myself for making it to the top? And all I wanted was Indian food. I was like, I want to eat an amazing meal to celebrate the fact that I just made it to the top after being off of hiking for a year. I can do this. And if I can do this, okay, next time I'm going to push myself a little more. And I took one major step towards getting back to that pre-pregnancy strength because with my, my, one of my biggest goals of this year is not to lose the baby weight. It's to regain the strength that I had in my body prior to having Micah. And when I look at the reward, right, of making it to the top of the mountain, you better believe every bite that I had of that tikka masala was like the biggest victory in my mouth. And my brain was firing on all cylinders, right? Like my feel good hormones were going strong because it was like, you did something so good. So you're going to just reward yourself. And in doing that, guess what? I'm already excited to go on my next hike. We're going again today. And I'm like, what am I going to do afterwards to celebrate, right? When I hosted my goal setting workshop, I slayed it. So going ahead of time, I already knew I wanted to have something ahead of time to reward myself. So I scheduled a 90 minute massage with my best friend. It was my first massage post baby. And you better believe that 90 minutes of that rub down. Oh girl, oh my God, it felt incredible. So I always honor myself to reward me for getting through that discomfort. Because guess what? Next time my brain wants to offer me the thought of quitting, I know, no, I'm going to follow through and I'm going to get a 90 minute massage on the other side of following through and it's going to feel so good. I'm going to get that amazing meal and it's going to taste so good. So these victories are going to be vital and celebrating these victories are going to be vital in your follow through. And I want you to retrain your brain to see that doing hard things is worthy of being celebrated and deserves to be celebrated because I can do hard things and you can too. Okay, the next reason why we quit is we don't ever create the space and the time needed to follow through with our goal, right? So we have these grand ideas of what we want to do, but we don't ever account for how much time we're going to need to do them. So the thing is, goals don't happen overnight. And a lot of us, we want instant gratification. We're like, okay, I want to do the thing. And if the thing doesn't happen in 24 hours, I'm over it, right? But the thing is, we need the time and the space to lay down the roots of our goal to create a strong foundation for them to grow. So if you aren't creating the time or the space to actually focus on what you want to do, your goal is never going to grow. And if you half-ass it, the thing is, it's going to take you so much more time and effort in the long run. So you've got to get really intentional about creating the dedicated time and space to focus on what it is that you want to do. 
So the thing about goals, and this is a lot, a lot of us don't realize how much actually comes along with following through with a goal, is they require new decisions and new patterns and habits to be created. So I want you to think about how much time do you actually need and how much time do you need to dedicate every day, every week, every month, every year to do the thing that you want to do? So let's say you do want to lose weight. Okay, how much time do you want to dedicate every single day to achieving that goal? Like I said, for me, it was 10 minutes a day to get to that point. I wanted to hike once a week, right? So I knew that hike was probably going to be an hour long. So it was 10 minutes a day to, of movement, and then it was once a week of an hour long hike, right? So for you, what does that look like? And what do you need to deprioritize to create the space for your goal to actually be a priority? So let's say you spend maybe an hour a day on Instagram, just mindlessly scrolling. Maybe you spend more time watching TV than you do dedicating time to your result. So do you need to take that hour and intentionally say, okay, every time I'm tempted to pick up my phone or grab the remote to watch the thing, I'm going to stop. I'm going to set the remote or the phone down and I'm going to use that time to work on my goal right? Because the thing is, when we look at the sentence of I don't have time, that's just an excuse that shows me that you aren't focusing on your prioritization. So every time my client or even in the past, the people on my team, when I ran big teams, when they would tell me, oh, I don't have time to do that. I'm like, no, you're just not making making the time. Time does not just come out of thin air, right? We've got to get intentional about creating the time that you need to do the things that you want to do. So I want you to think about what support do you need to create the time? Do you need to say to your partner, hey, can you watch the kids for an hour so I can go do the thing? Do you need to say to your boss, I need X amount of time of uninterrupted space to finish this so I can get to the completion of this project, right? So this is why in the CAN program, this is my one-to-one coaching program, I do a time audit. I actually sit down and I look at how my clients spend every minute of every single day. So the thing that's interesting is I notice a pattern with the women that I work with. So the women that I work with, they're high achievers, they are very ambitious, they're very success driven. And a lot of times what they're doing, and they don't even realize this is happening, is they are doing things to manage the stress and the anxiety, like scrolling or eating or buffering through these different activities. And one thing that's super interesting is I actually have them show me their screen time. So how they're showing or how they're using their time every single day on their phone. So I make them open this. They hate this part of it. (laughs) This is like a cringeworthy moment. And they show me how much time they're spending on social media every day. And what is insane is on average, they are spending between four and eight hours per day mindlessly scrolling on apps. What? right? They're laying in bed and accidentally scrolling. They don't even realize that's where an hour went. They're going in between meetings. They're scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. They're going as they're eating and they're also scrolling, 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 right? So they don't even realize that this time is being dedicated to mindlessly scrolling. That time could be dedicated to taking a 10 minute walk around the block. That time could be dedicated to cooking yourself a meal, but we're so addicted to checking out and we can't be in a place where we're not consuming something. So even at red lights, they're scrolling, 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 right? There's no minute of the day where they're not constantly stimulated. So no wonder why they're overwhelmed. No wonder why they're stressed out. No wonder why they have no time. And when they see this, they feel so like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed or oh, I'm so ashamed, but it's okay, right? So I want you to pull open your phone. 
are you happy with this number? If you go to your screen time, every iPhone has this, and it shows you how much time you spend on every app every single day, right? So there's 168 hours in the week. You can dedicate a few minutes each day, a few hours each week to your goal. But if you're not actually getting intentional about creating the space and the time that you need to do the thing, it's never going to happen. Time just doesn't create itself, right? You've got to get intentional and take full responsibility over how your time is spent. And what's interesting is the other thing that I find when I do the time audit for my clients is they're overspending every single day. So that means we have 24 hours in a day and what they're actually doing is spending 26, 28 hours, 30 hours, because I have them say, how much time are you dedicating to this area? How much time are you dedicating to this? And they'll tell me, And then when we add up those numbers, they're typically overspending time. So once again, no wonder why we're having panic attacks every day. We're trying to fit so much into a 24-hour period versus getting intentional about how every minute, every hour, every day is spent. Okay, the next thing is we do not have support. So this is why we quit, right? So if you don't feel supported, this is going to dramatically increase the likelihood that you're going to quit. And this is both personally and professionally. So let's say you have a big goal to do something at work. You want to go to get a promotion. You want to become a VP. You want to become a CEO, whatever it might be. And in order to do that, there's a certain growth strategy that you need to follow to get to that point. But if you're spending 40 hours a week in meetings and you're then staying late every single day and you basically have no time to do your job or focus on your growth strategy, Next thing you know, you're not getting the promotion because you didn't have any time to dedicate to that. And if you're not asking for support from your boss, from your partner, from whoever it might be to create the time and space to do that, you're never going to actually have time to make that growth a priority. So if you want to, let's say, read, you want to take an online program, you want to work with a personal trainer, you want to work with a coach, a therapist, a healer, whatever it might be, you want to take a a course in college, you want to work on that growth strategy at work, you're going to need time and support, but if you don't ever have the conversation with the people you need support from or hire professional support, you're never going to actually have that feeling of feeling supported to do the thing that you want to do. So if let's say you have a goal to learn a new language, but you don't have somebody to teach you how to speak the language, you're never going to learn the new language. So If you set out, let's say, you know, for so many of the women that I work with, they want to feel more confident, but they don't know how to just feel confident on their own. So that's why they invest multiple months to work with me back to back to create that dedicated time and space to learning the skill, right? So I want you to think about what conversations do you need to have to protect your goals? So if you have a goal of weight loss, okay, partner, I need you to do this for this certain amount of time, cover me here so I can go to the gym, right? I need you, boss, to support me in having X amount of time per week to focus on this, right? I need you, partner, to help me launch my business so I need 10 hours of uninterrupted work time so I can do the thing, right? So do you need to hire professional support to get where you want to go? right? Do you need to hire the coach? Do you need to start working with a therapist? Do you need to hire the personal trainer? Do you need to hire the language specialist? Do you need to hire the healer to help you heal the pain from your past that keeps you crying every single day and avoiding? What support do you need to get where you want to go? And lastly, I want you to think about, do you need people to support you in creating time to do the thing that you want to do? So let's say you feel like you need to start applying more self-care to take better care of yourself. Okay, what support people do you need in place to do that? Do you need a babysitter? Do you need grandma to watch the kids? What support do you need? Okay, next reason why we quit is we are waiting to feel happy 
or however we want to feel until our goal is achieved. So I will feel happy when. I will feel good enough when. So we delay how we want to feel because we're waiting to feel that way until we get to the finish line. And then what ends up happening is you feel like shit as you go to get to the finish line. We have to stop waiting until we get to the destination to feel the way that we want to feel. Because the true magic is in the journey and designing your feelings by intention. So one of the first questions that I ask the women that I work with when we start working together is how do you want to feel every single day? And a lot of times what we see is, for example, if you want to feel calm and you want to feel peaceful, what's ironic is they're living a life and working in a job where there's high stress. So we've got to get into the place of designing our life by how we want to feel. So that way we can start doing things to support feeling that way, right? So I want you to think about how do you want to feel as you create your goal? Do you want to feel motivated? Do you want to feel supported? Do you want to feel confident? And why do you want to feel that way, right? Why is feeling that way important to you? And I want you to start actively thinking thoughts because our our feelings come from thoughts, right? Every single feeling that we feel in our body is generated by a thought that we think in our minds. And a feeling is nothing more than a vibration in our body created by a thought, right? So if you want to lose weight and you want to feel motivated, then stop thinking, I look like shit or I'm fat or I'll never get there, right? We can't keep thinking these shitty thoughts and expecting to feel amazing when we're thinking shitty thoughts, right? So you've got to start getting intentional about how you want to feel every single day and helping yourself via your mindset to feel that way by thinking thoughts to promote those feelings. It's a huge growth opportunity. And this is how I teach my women to think. I joke and say we have a greatest hits album in our minds of shitty thoughts <laughs> that make us feel like shit, right? So we need to reprogram our greatest hits album with thoughts that actually make us feel amazing about ourselves. So if you have that soundtrack in your brain every single day with your inner mean girl blasting those same greatest hits that make you feel terrible, your growth opportunity right now is to invest in learning how to reprogram your mind to think things that make you feel amazing about yourself, that keep you feeling motivated, that keep you going, because if not, you're going to quit on yourself every single time. Okay, next thing is that keeps us from quitting or keeps us quitting is your goals make you feel bad about yourself. So the reason why we feel bad about ourselves when we set out on goals is a lot of times we are doing things because other people want us to. We are trying to go somewhere or thinking we need to be somewhere because other people are telling us that's where we need to be. So this conditioning is societal, right? It's coming from our family. They're telling us that we need to look a certain way, that we need to weigh this amount, that we need to make this certain amount of money, that we need to be this way as a parent, that we need to have this job title, that we need to live in this area. So then what ends up happening is we feel flawed. We feel behind. We feel like we are not where we're supposed to be, that we don't feel good enough. And so what ends up happening is we start taking action from a place of shame. And how you know if you're taking action from a place of shame is you're shooting yourself. So when the word should shows up in your goal, when the word should shows up in your mind, I should be doing this. I should be here. I shouldn't be in this area, right? Or shouldn't be in this place. We know that we're taking action from a place of shame. So when you're looking in the mirror and you say, I should look like this, when you're at work and thinking, oh, I should have this job title, I should be making this amount of money, I sh-, and when you're living your life and thinking, oh, I should be at this point in my life right now, in your relationships, I should have this partner, I should have this friend, you know, I should have these things. When we're shitting ourselves, 
we're constantly in a place of shame and judgment, right? So we need to make sure that our goals are not a should-based goal. So I want you to think about, is the goal that you set something that you really want for yourself? Or did you set this goal because someone else is telling you that this is what you should be doing, or this is where you should be, or this is how you should be, this is how you should look. Think about that, right? Because a lot of times we're still trying to live up to other people's standards of us. Our parents have high standards, our bosses have high standards, our friends have high standards, whoever, right? People have ideas of how we should be living our life. So then if we're not living up to their standards, they offer us their thoughts, their judgments, their shame about what we're doing. So now all of a sudden we feel bad about ourselves and we're like, oh God, I got to get it together. I should be, I should be, I should be, right? So if you're shooting all over yourself, I want you to go back to what do you really want and why? Because your true wants and desires will always disempower the should. When we have shoulds in our mind, It's nothing more than shame and judgment. So you've got to look at what do you really want and let go. Take responsibility for not doing things that other people want us to do. This is how you disempower people pleasing, right? And you might let people down. That's okay. That's a growth opportunity too, is feeling okay with disappointing others. So go back to your true why and make sure you're setting your goal based on something you truly want for yourself, not what other people want you to do. Okay, couple more here. So next reason why we quit is our expectations are too rigid. So what I mean by that is you're defining how it has to go. And then if it doesn't go that way, what happens is you think something is going wrong. So expectations are nothing more than an illusion. We never really know how something is going to go. So if you've painted your vision for how something is supposed to be, and in reality, when you go to do it and it looks different, nothing is going wrong. You have a million ways to get where you want to go. So we've got to stop locking ourselves into this is the only way that things can be. I've got to do it this way or else it's not going right because that's going to be another reason why we quit. So if you have a goal to take a road trip to go to New York, there's a million different ways that you can get there. So when you plug in your address to the GPS, it can reroute you based on if there's traffic, right? So when that barrier comes, you're gonna go a different direction. If there is a closed road, you're gonna take a different route, right? Nothing's going wrong because all of a sudden you rerouted. It's the same thing with your goals. Your goal is nothing more than a destination that you are plugging into your internal GPS. So we've gotta be open to the roadmap as, as infinite ways to get to where you wanna go. So if you start saying, well, I expected this to go this way, okay, let it go, right? I know I used to be so attached to expectations and I would get so married to this grandiose way of the way that it's gotta be. And I did this traveling a lot. So I would go on this trip and I would think, this is gonna happen, this is gonna happen. And then it didn't go that way. And I'd be like, oh my God, things go, things are going terrible. The trip is not going good. But then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, This is so much better than I actually expected it could ever be. But I'd gotten so attached to my expectation that when it was different, I had just completely put myself into a box of thinking everything was going wrong. And it took me out of the moment of enjoying the magic that came along with just being present in the journey and being open to the way that things were naturally unfolding. So if you're somebody who loves expectations, I want you to challenge yourself just to try this year to let the expectations go. Because truly, all you're doing is putting yourself into a box, and this is going to rob you of the opportunity of being fully immersed in the beauty of the journey and just being, you know, in it, just being present, just being with it. 
because you're not going to be in that place of like, oh, but that didn't happen this way, right? You're just going to accept what is versus warring against all the what isn't. Okay. The last thing that keeps us in a mode of quitting on ourselves and quitting on our goals and our resolutions is we live in a can't-based mindset. So the thing is, we believe we can't, so then we won't. So the way that this shows up in our mind is, oh, I can't do this. Oh, I can't. This is too hard, right? So essentially, when you're living in a can't-based mindset, you're quitting ahead of time. So you're thinking, oh, I want to lose 30 pounds, but I probably never will, so I'm just going to eat the french fries. You're thinking, oh, I really want to save $10,000, but that's a lot, so I'm probably really never going to do it, so I'm just going to buy this thing right now. This is thinking, I really want to be on time because I'm always late, but let's be real, I'm always going to be late, so I'm just going to do this thing really quick, right? So your thinking has to change if you want to change, because remember, nothing changes if nothing changes. So when your thinking changes, your actions and your decision making will also change. So in that moment, when you when you go to the idea of, okay, I want to lose the weight, now all of a sudden the desire to eat the french fries is going to come in, you're going to say, actually, I can do this. I'm not going to eat the french fries. This is where the decision making changes. You're taking full responsibility over your thinking and your actions. And you're going to say, I'm going to eat this instead, or I'm going to go on a walk instead and not emotionally eat in this moment. When the desire to spend comes in, you're going to say, actually, I know this is only $3, but I'm choosing to put this $3 towards my goal. This is more important to me in this moment. I can't get to where I'm going to go if I don't take this step right now, right? You're going to say, oh, I'm not going to do this thing because if I do this thing, it's going to take me 15 minutes and then I'm going to be late. And I know that I'm going to be late, so I'm not going to do this thing, right? So you've got to take responsibility for the mindset that you're living in. And to bring us home today, I want to talk about shifting from the can, can't can mindset, right? So believing that you can't do the thing, so you're not going to actually do the thing, and shifting into what I call the can mindset. And what I describe the can mindset is, is can is an acronym for living in confident action now. So the can mindset is the belief that you can actually follow through. It's knowing that you can do hard things no matter what barriers you're faced with. It's the belief that any result is possible and the trust that you can get there. So living in the can't mindset, it is always going to keep you in quitting, right? It's going to keep you in the mode of quitting on yourself every single time. Because once again, you're always going to be fundamentally going back to the belief that you can't do the thing that you want to do. So you're like, oh, well, I can't do it. So I'm just going to quit now, right? This is too much. I'm just going to quit. When you're in the can mindset, what you're doing is actually focusing on taking one step at a time until you get where you want to go. So the can mindset is what I teach the women that I work with in one-to-one coaching. The name of my program is the can program for that reason, because confidence is built upon the foundation of belief, trust, and acceptance, right? So when we believe in ourselves, when we believe in where we want to go, you're going to do the thing. When we trust ourselves to actually get there and make the decisions that we need to to get there, you're going to do the thing. And when we accept ourselves and we accept what is versus warring against what isn't, you're going to get there. So this is what I teach for a reason, because when we are in a place of warring against ourselves and constantly living in the space of excuses, I don't have enough time, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough support, and I can't do it, 
Our goals will never become our reality. Our resolutions will be always nothing more than a resolution to do the thing. We'll always wish and hope that one day it will be for us. But wishing and hoping is just believing that you can't do it, right? When you wish that you could be like that person and have that thing, it's because somewhere within you, there's a lack of belief that you can actually be the person that has that thing. And hope is a beautiful belief. But when we hope, there's also a part of us that's like, oh, I hope one day I could get there versus believing, yes, one day I will get there. When you hope, you're always going to think that the thing that you want is just ever so slightly out of your reach. But that's nothing more than a limiting belief that can be squashed by adopting the can mindset. So I love to teach about how micro actions and how micro beliefs are what are the bridge to get you where you want to go. Because the thing is, one step is going to lead to two and two is going to lead to three and three is going to lead to 10 and 10 will lead to 20. And next thing you know, you're going to be where you want going to be where you want to be before you even realize that you've gotten there. You're going to be like, oh my God, I'm here. And I think about my weight loss Going back to that experience that I told you about earlier, it was the first time in my life that I didn't have to try to lose weight. And I knew fundamentally when I got my mind right, my body would follow. And that's exactly what happened. It was the first time I didn't ever have to try to lose weight because I was focused on my mindset. I was like, okay, I'm going to do one step to get here, to get to the top of the mountain. And next thing you know, five more pounds had come off, right? So I was actually just focused on this micro step approach, micro believing. Okay, I know I'm not 100% there yet, but I believe I can do this one thing today. And then I do it. And next thing you know, I started my business and I had a very successful first or second year in my business because I kept taking these micro actions. I kept doing these micro beliefs. And next thing you know, I'm like, okay, I got through a hideous first year of learning. That was terrible. I fell on my face a thousand times, but I kept taking micro steps. Next thing you know, year two comes in and I'm like, whoa, that was a good year, right? So I want you to think about what would change for you if you adopted the can mindset and started taking confident action now, not later, now, right? Because now is the moment. We so many times we're like, oh, I'm going to do that someday. No, you're going to be dead before you know it. And if I've watched what's happened, looking at my parents' health journey unfolding, the biggest thing that I have learned is I do not want to look back on my deathbed and say, look at all the things that I didn't do. Because if you hear people who are fighting for their life, or if they're in the later stages of of their life, if you hear them talk, they're not talking about all, you know, the things that they're, they're talking about the things that they didn't do. I wish I could have done this. And I don't want you to be in that place where you're living your life on a, on a, in a moment, looking back and saying, I wish I could have done all these things because the reality is you can start doing them now right? This is why the women I work with, we do not delay the results that we want to create. We start now. We hit the ground running the second that we start working together because I don't want you to look back with any regrets on your life. I want you to do the thing that you want to do now. Okay, my friend. So let's recap this. So a goal is nothing more than deciding on a result that you want to create. And a resolution is nothing more than a decision. So in order to get where you want to go, you need to define your who, what, how, when, and why, and your where, right? These are truly the roadmap to get you where you want to go every single time. And the why is the most important part of your goal because it's always going to reveal the true reason behind why you want to do what you want to do. And in order to achieve your goal, you need to create clarity so that way you know clearly where you want to go and why. You need to create the time and space to work on your goal. You need to invest in getting the support to help get you where you want to go. You need to take action 
from a place of clarity, not confusion, not overwhelm, not pressure or shame. You need to manage or learn how to manage the discomfort because learning the skill will be your biggest asset in creating success. You need to set goals that make you feel good then you need to not wait to feel how you want to feel, right? We've got to design our life by how we want to feel and focus on feeling that way in every micro moment. And you need to let go of the expectations and be open to all ways of getting to where you want to go because remember, the beauty's in the journey and you need to empower the can mindset. So that is it, my friend. That is why we quit. And this is exactly how to shift you out of that pattern. So if you need support in starting to take that confident action now, let's talk. I want to invite you to join the CAN program where you will shift in to taking confident action now. So if that's something you're interested in and you want to invest in getting that type of support, send me a message on Instagram at your soul makeup and we can chat about what that would look like. All right, have a beautiful day and let's spend the rest of this year making our goals our reality. See you next time. Oh, hey, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If this helps you, I would love for you to share the gift of confidence with a friend because this is how we all grow. So share this with your girls, a coworker, a fellow mama, or your fam on social media because we all need support in our confidence journey. So sharing can help us heal, feel better, and take steps to grow now. Also, I'd love if you would drop your rating in. Ratings and reviews help me so much more than you realize. And if you found yourself listening today and thinking, I need professional support, I would love to invite you to join the CAN program where I will teach you how to take confident action now. If increased confidence is what you want, this is multiple months of dedicated you time where we will do the deep work on you to create your most confident self, both personally and professionally. Because once you know how to generate the feeling of confidence from the inside out, the possibilities become endless and your results become inevitable. This is the most valuable investment you will ever making yourself. And I cannot wait to see who you become on the other side of doing this work on you. So visit me at soulmakeup.com to learn more or come be my bestie on Instagram. You can find me at your soul makeup. See you next time.